I don't know if you ever been in a place where you saw God move, but the next time you needed him to move, it was difficult to have faith. There's a man in the Bible and his son, the Bible says that he had a spirit that caused him to throw himself in the fire. And his father was so troubled that he came to Jesus and he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I know you can see God move, but there are times where you know God is able, but you need God to help your unbelief. I believe the worship team sung something so critical this morning, but I need the church today to help Pastor Keith's unbelief. I don't know about anybody else, but if you've ever had a child and you did not know the situation or the circumstance or the state they were in, that you were so troubled because anybody who really loves their child can't afford to not know what's going on with their child at any moment. And I want y'all to hear this because I know my wife put it on Facebook, but my brother-in-law has been missing for over seven days. Nobody in his immediate family has spoken with him. We don't, we, we, and I'll say this because I just need y'all to know, um, we put out a missing persons report. And then, so the, the, the law enforcement have been looking for him. And the good news is, is that they were able to stop him and say that somebody's looking for you. But even because of that, he still did not call his family. And my wife has a way of, well, women have a way of finding out things. But wherever he is, he's, he's, he's been in circles, literally going in circles. And I need y'all to know it's troubling my spirit, y'all. And I need the Lord to help my unbelief. But here's the good news. Even though we're not omnipresent, God is. Even though we're not omniscient, God is. He's all-knowing. Although we're not omnipotent, God is. He's all-powerful. Listen, I need y'all to help my unbelief this morning. So here's what I need us to do. I need y'all to pray like it's your child. I, I have no clue what my mother-in-law is going through, and I can feel it in my own spirit. I have no clue what Dominique is going through. I have no clue what Serena is going through, but I need you to pray like it's your family member. So listen, when even after today, his name is Sharon C. Wright Jr., we need to be lifting him up in prayer. So God, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. God, we honor you, God. God, we say we believe, but help our unbelief. God, we know, God, that you can do all things but fail. So God, now move on this situation, God, we pray. God, we have no power. We're not all-knowing. God, we're not omnipresent, but God, you are. God, you know where he is. God, you know his state of mind. And matter of fact, God, you have the power to change his thinking. So God, I pray now, God, that we let this mind that is also in Christ Jesus be in him, God. God, I pray, God, that you begin to speak to his mind, God. Give him clarity of thought, God. God, begin to cause his mind to align with the word of God. And God, I pray, God, that you cause him, God, like the prodigal son, to come to his senses. Father, cause him to know that he has a home, he has a resting place. God, the prodigal son found himself eating with pigs. And then he came to his senses and said, I have a home. I have a father. I pray, God, that you said, even as your word declares, that you will turn the hearts of the sons back to the father. So, God, even before you turn him back to his family, God, I pray, God, that you turn his heart back to you. God, he's your child. God, he's your son. God, we know, God, that you love him more than we do. So, God, move on his heart, God, we pray. God, we pray no hurt, no harm, no danger. Come now, his dwelling. God, keep and cover him, God. God, although he may be in a place, God, where he's going in circles, God, you're the God that can cause all things to be straight. Your word declares, God, that you can turn the crooked path straight. So, God, whatever path the enemy may want to have him on, 
cause his path to be straight. God, I pray for myself in this moment. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe his mother believes God, but help her unbelief. God, I believe his sister believes God, but help his unbelief, her unbelief. God, I believe God, his brother believes God, but help his unbelief. And God, we say this, as we lift it up in worship, you're able to do the impossible. And God, we need you to do the impossible. God, cause yourself to be glorified by this situation. And it's in Jesus' name. And every believer that believes, say thank God and amen. Hallelujah. Please keep the family in prayer. A difficult situation, y'all. Anybody who knows Sharon, he's a wonderful young man. And anytime the, the, the Lord has his hand upon you, the enemy does all he can to destroy what the Lord wants to do. And we believe that this is simply a plot of the enemy, but the good news is that although the weapons might form, they shall not prosper. We believe that to be so. Do me a favor, if you can go to your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Keep his family in prayer. I have no clue, no clue. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want us to go to verse number 10. And I want to read from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you don't have your Bible, it should be on your screen. Thank you, Brian and praise team. Thank you, musicians, for being sensitive to the spirit. I know many of you may not even have known what God was, was doing or what's going on in the spirit, but I believe we've all been aligned in the spirit this morning. The Bible declares this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, somebody say seed, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed. Somebody say seed. You have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed. You have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you're sitting next to somebody, I want you to just declare this in the atmosphere. It begins with a seed. It begins with a seed. I want to start a new sermon series this morning, and I want to, it's entitled, Whatsoever a Man Soweth. We're going to be talking about the secrets of our seed, and I want us to expand our expectation for this series, because I know a lot of preachers like to preach about your seed, but I promise you, I'm going in a different direction. One of the problems when many people think of sowing is that we always gravitate to our money. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Because despite what you may believe or even what some preacher may have told you, you can sow with your money, yes, but you can also sow, somebody say, with your motives. You can sow with your motives. You can sow with your mouth. Somebody say, my mouth. And we can even sow with our mind. Somebody say, my thought life. In other words, when it comes to sowing, there's levels to this. I know the young folk like to say it's levels to this. Well, it's levels to your sowing. So that means if your sowing is multifaceted, that also means your reaping is as well. Uh, you, if, you, if I can sow in multiple ways, I can also reap in multiple ways. And this is why it matters how and what we sow. Be careful what you sow. Watch this because it determines what you will read. We've got to be careful concerning that. And even more, until we leave this earth, all men, somebody say all men. I'm, I'm not just talking about believers, but all men live in a constant cyclical journey of sowing and reaping. As long as you're in the earth, I'm talking about all men. You can be saved, unsaved. You can be a heathen. You can be an apostate. We live in this cyclical, constant journey of sowing and reaping. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? 
I believe it's on our screen, Genesis 8.22. The Lord declared this while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That means much of our earthly journey, watch this, is lived either in the foundation of our seed or in the fruit of our harvest. Wherever we find ourselves in life, we've got to ask ourselves, am I in the foundation of my seed or am I in the fruit of my harvest? We live many times the most of our lives in between those two places. So watch this. When we find ourselves in certain places in the journey, our response should not immediately be to question God why he has us there. But a better starting place is to question the fact, is this our seed or is this my harvest? Did y'all hear what I just said? Y'all don't like that. Many times we find ourselves in situations and we want we quickly when we don't like the situation, we ask God, why do you have us there? But a better question should be, God, is this my seed or is this my harvest? Somebody say, is this my seed or my harvest? Are we reaping or are we sowing? Because where we find ourselves usually begins, watch this, with a seed. That means much of what we experience in life, much of what we encounter in life, much of what we endure in life begins with a seed. Somebody say, what we planted. And this is why Galatians 6 and 2 warns us with these words. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So this should deliver somebody this morning. You are not where you are because of the law of reciprocity. Somebody say, that's not where I'm at. You're not where you are because of karma. Uh, That's not where you are. It may be because of what you sowed. Somebody say, it's my harvest. See, some of us don't like that because that put too much of the onus on us. And here's what I need us to understand. Many times it's not simply what we sold where we find ourselves in the journey, but it's what somebody else is attempting to sow in our own lives. So I don't want us to think that Pastor Keith is saying the reason why this calamity happened to me is because I sold some level of calamity in somebody else. Watch this. Somebody else may have sold that into your own life. And here's why God says that we should not, we, we, this, this battle is not yours. And this is why we get so many contradictory statements in the Bible. God, you said I need to turn the other cheek. God, you said that I should forgive those that um, um, persecute me. And why should I do that? Because watch this, if they sow evil in your life, they'll reap evil. So God is saying, take your hands off the matter because the battle is not yours. So many of us, I'm not saying that we got ourselves into the rape. I'm not saying that many of us got ourselves into the neglect or the abandonment. It could have been somebody sowing that into our lives. But tell your neighbor, don't fight your own battle. God, God will will give them a harvest. And some may not like this, but the struggle with your money may be your harvest. The slander against your name may be your harvest. And watch this, even the scheme of your downfall may be your harvest because it may be a product of what you sowed. I hope y'all stand with me because I know we don't like this this morning. So here's a sad tragedy for many to include believers is that we have no understanding of the power of our seed. We have no understanding of the provision found in our seed. And we have no understanding of the purpose of our seed. And this is why many of us have no understanding of how we ended up in the positions that we find ourselves in now. Tell your neighbor, you got to get revelation concerning your seed. Many believers are perishing because of their lack of knowledge concerning their seeds. And this is why throughout this sermon series, whatsoever a man soweth will examine the secrets of our seeds. I want to examine the blessings in our seed, the barriers to our seeds and the burden of our seed. But this morning, I want us to examine much of why what I said earlier, what we experience in life, encounter in life, and endure in life begins with a seed. And watch this, it may not be your seed, but it could have been the seed of somebody else. Why I'm encountering this, experiencing this, and enduring this. Because despite what you believe, where we all find ourselves today, somebody say, it began with a seed. Think about even in the natural, the only reason that I'm breathing is because it began with a seed. 
we, we, we all began as a seed. So whatever, and watch this, God, God's laws and orders transcend the natural. So whenever we see something going on in the natural realm, many times God parallels that to his law and order in his word. So if we ourselves began with a seed, much of where we find ourselves begins with a seed. And somebody may be saying, well, why is this so critical to understand? I get all of that, Pastor Keith. It began with a seed. Because watch this. This is why if today is where we are today began with a seed, watch this. The desire you want fulfilled. Hear me? The dream you want to become reality. And the destiny that you want to unfold in like manner begins with a seed. Many times the reason why the dreams and the desires and watch this, even the destiny that we want unfolded in our lives does not yet manifest is because we do not have understanding of the seed. Tell your neighbor, get understanding of your seed. So, 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 so this, this is why this morning is critical for us to understand in the beginning with our seed will determine what's birthed from our seed. So the question we must ask ourselves, what do you want birth as a result of your seed? And I believe we find the answers to, our, to this question in our foundational text. And let, so here's what I want to do. I want to examine the text. And I'm going to be out your way this morning. I want us to look at the first portion of our text. The Bible says, now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for the food. I want us to stop right there. The results of your seed is determined by who rules over your seed. The results of what I sow is determined by who rules over my seed. Because watch this, our foundational text reveals that it's God who gives us our seed. So then it must also be God who governs our seed. So the question that many of us have to ask ourselves when we sow seeds is who's governing my seed? And the reason why many of us don't get the results that we're looking for is because God is not governing your seed. Oh, y'all don't like that this morning. I think we real, we real quiet this morning. God and God alone must instruct us on, watch this, on what to sow. Somebody say what to sow. When to sow. Somebody say when to sow. And how much to sow. Somebody say how much to sow. Because watch this, what begins with your seed is determined by who begins as the master of your seed. So the critical question, I said this and I said it earlier, who is the master over my seed? Oh, I hope y'all staying with me. Who governs it? Who governs it? And I said this earlier, who governs the seeds of your mouth? Do, I, do you just speak uh, without thinking about it? That's, somebody say that's dangerous. So, so I've got to be asking, who governs my mouth? Who governs the seeds of my motives? Does God have control and, and rule reign over your heart where your motives rest? Or do you master over your motives? And hear this, who governs the seeds over your money? Who is the master of your seed? And herein lies one of the reasons why much of our sowing has caused us misery because we were the masters of much of our seeds and not God. Did y'all hear what I just said? We wonder, and many of us sow, watch this, with good intentions. We, we, we think that we're doing ourselves some level of favor, but God says, I was never the master over that seed. And that's why that seed caused you misery. Oh, tell your neighbor, I don't want my seed to cause me misery. And, and here's a word of wisdom. We can save ourselves a lot of heartache when we stop trying to stronghold seeds that God only gave us authority to steward. Did y'all hear what I just, we've got to know that it does not belong to me. Tell your neighbor, my seed don't belong to me. See, we don't like that. And we can save ourselves a whole bunch of heartache. Watch this. I believe it's on our screen. Uh, Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, the earth is the Lord and, the, and all of his fullness, the world and those that dwell therein. Everything in the earth is the Lord and that includes your seed. That means every seed you sow belongs to the Lord. That means every word you utter, somebody say it belongs to the Lord. Every wisdom that you impart, somebody say it belongs to the Lord. And every ounce of wealth that you felt like you obtained, somebody say it belongs to the Lord. So why is this significant to understand concerning our seed? If he is the master of our seeds, then he must mandate how we sow our seed. If, if everything 
concerning me belongs to the Lord. That means, watch this. I know I married my wife, but she don't belong to me. She belongs to the Lord. And many of us conjure up in our minds how we should treat our wife and we never get direction from the Lord. And we wonder why our marriages are so jacked up because we think we're the master. Are y'all staying with me? So many of us, because we think we got some level of education, they done gave me a promotion on my job, that that job belongs to me. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. So even in that journey, I've got to ask God, how do I navigate this thing so that I might not have a level of misery? Somebody say, he's the master. Oh, y'all don't like that. He determines the words you sow. He decides what wisdom you sow. And he dictates the wealth you sow. He's the master. Because watch this. When God does not determine, decide, or dictate your seeds, then ultimately watch what God does. He despises your seed. I hope y'all heard what I just said. Whenever God does not determine the words, dictate the wisdom, and decide where you sow your wealth, I don't care if you sow it, watch this, into a well-meaning, intentful decision, God will despise your seeds. Because what God, what you're really saying to God, God, I don't need your level of instruction concerning what I think belongs to me. And then so we say to God, I don't need you in this. And God says, if you don't need me in it, I won't be in it. And the only way that what I sow can be blessed, watch this, if God is in it. Somebody say, I want God in my seed. Oh, I want God in my seed. Huh. So here's a word of wisdom. That means you're not blessed by the magnitude of your seed, but by who is the master of your seed. Y'all ever heard him, too many preachers? Some of us sowed seeds in vain because we were deceived to believe that our blessing was tied to the magnitude and not the master. Oh my God, we gotta stop. Oh, I hope some people from some other churches are watching this morning. Because too many times we've been told, how much do you want to be blessed? So they tell us the size of our seed will determine the, the, the size of our blessing. And God says it's not the magnitude, it's who, who is the master. I'll tell you, neighbor, who's the master? And this is why when Jesus was trying to teach the disciples, it, there was this parable where he talked about this, this, this Pharisee who came and sowed a seed. And he talked and he began to boast about how he tithes off, off all of this stuff. And then the Bible says that this young widow came with only about two, in our, in our connotation, two pennies. Somebody say two pennies. two pennies. And Jesus said, this woman has sown even more than this Pharisee. And it was not because of the size or the magnitude, because she had made God the master of her seed. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. I don't have to be Bill Gates to be blessed. For many of us, we need to ask ourselves, is he the master of our seed? And this is why many of us, watch this, have failed to see returns on certain offerings because God was never the master of that offering. Listen, I, I promise you, it, there was a time where me and my wife was like, Ooh, we sold so much money. And we thought that we were doing it for a righteous cause. And I wondered why we had never really seen a return on what we had sold. Because God was never the master. Tell your neighbor, God has to be the master. And this is why, you know, even, I, I, I know we, we talked about sowing in different connotations, but this is why we even do this during offering, that we got to make sure whatever you sow even during the offering, that God laid it on your heart. I'm not going to dictate what you sow. We're not going to have numbers here concerning what you need to sow, because watch this. We've made churches blessed, and we've walked away not blessed. Because we sold concerning numbers, and I could, I could say, oh, everybody saw a $1,000 seed, and the church would be blessed, and you wonder why I'm not blessed. Because the church never told you, you got to make sure God instructed you to sow that seed. Because if God is never the master, I'll never be blessed. Oh, y'all got to start making these churches blessing. You not be blessed. Watch this. I need, I believe it's on the screen. Let's go to the next scripture. Consider the parable of the man who was the master of his seed in Matthew 25 through 24. 
Uh, notice what the Bible says. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid when I, and, and then I went and hid your talent in the ground and look, there you have what is yours. But notice the response of the real master of his seed in verses 26 to 28. He said, because I thought all this was right, I, this is what I did. But he never, watch this, received counsel from the master. Watch what verses 26 through 28 says. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You know that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. That means there will always be misery when you attempt to be the masters of seeds that don't belong to you. Oh, your seed doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the master. Somebody say God and God alone. So therefore, before I sow anything, before I sow anything with my mouth, my motives, my actions, I've got to, I got to peruse his doctrine concerning the matter. I've, I've got to ask God for his direction concerning the matter. I've got to ask God to give me a level of discernment concerning the matter. Many of us, watch this, are, are too um, impulsive with our sowing. And when we're so impulsive and not led by the master, watch this, our seeds are in vain. Tell your neighbor, don't let your seed be in vain. So the first thing I needed us to understand is that this is why our seeds begin with understanding who is the master of our seeds. I say this all the time. Y'all see some of us, some of us just hear stuff across the pulpit and we think that it's right. Many preachers will tell you if you take care of God's house, he'll take care of your house. Y'all heard that before? But why does the Bible say that if a man cannot take care of his own house, he's not worthy of taking care of God's house? And many of us think, oh, I'm going to take it. I know I got a bill due, but I'm going to take care of God's house. I know I'm in debt, but I'm going to take care of God's house. God says, if you can't take care of your house, how the, how in the, oh, I almost cuss. How in the world can you take care of my house? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We, some of these preachers need to be cussed, but I, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. So I've got to know who's the master of my seed. Now, now let's look at the next portion of the text. The Bible says supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Here's what I need y'all to understand. God's intent for the harvest of your seed is always to multiply your seed, not for you to eat it. Did y'all hear what I just said? God is always looking to multiply the harvest that I reap. Many of us eat our harvest and God's saying, I'm trying to multiply it. Tell your neighbor, let God multiply. And the problem with many believers is that we view our seeds through the lens of self rather than seeing our seeds, watch this, as, a, as another supply. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many of us, when we sow seeds, it's never to benefit nobody else, it's to benefit us. I need my house straight. I need, to, I need my stuff taken care of. So God, the only reason I need you to bless me is because of me. And somebody say the devil is a lie. In other words, many of our seeds, watch this, are dead at birth because we are stingy. Somebody say, stop being stingy. What? Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? Your seed will never work for you if you have no intentions for your seed to work for somebody else. Your seed will never work for you if you have no intentions for your seed working for somebody else. Every time I sow, God calls your seed to work for somebody else. And notice why this is why our foundational text says the Lord intends to multiply your seed. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown. He, and he supplies, watch this. In other words, God supplies the seed to you with the intent to multiply. He always gives us seed so that the seed might multiply. Somebody may be saying, why? For the benefit of somebody else. We don't like that. This is why the beginning portion of our foundational text reminds us, watch this. He gives seed to the sower. So, so, so he's only giving you seed, watch this, to sow. So God is saying, I'm giving you seed not for you to eat it, not to eat the harvest, but to find somebody who can benefit 
from what I've sown. That's the only reason. Somebody say that's the only reason. So, so, so watch this. Here's a word of wisdom. Before God will bless your seed, you have to decide somebody who that somebody will be to benefit from my seed. Don't sow another seed if you have no intentions for this seed to benefit somebody else. So if I wanted to be blessed on my mind, God, I don't know who it is. God, it may be somebody way over there. But God, I know I'm sowing this for somebody else's benefit. Somebody say amen. amen. So, so watch this. So therefore, it's critical that we sow with our time with the intent of blessing somebody else. We sow with our talents with the intent of blessing somebody else. We sow with our treasures with the intent of blessing somebody else. Because God, watch this, God won't bless your seed if that seed will never bless somebody else. And here's why this is so critical. And I hate when people try to play games with God. Many of us, ooh, uh, listen, he's only going to continue to give you seed until you get in a mindset of I need my seed to bless somebody else. And here's the good news. I'll never be in a position where I lack seed when I always have on my mind that I need my harvest to benefit somebody else. The folk, this is why grandma didn't make that much money. But folk used to come and get a meal from the community. She'll keep, keep children in their homes. And you were grandma, how you got all this stuff? Because grandma always sold with the intentions of blessing somebody else. This is why even the woman, y'all know, know the story about the woman who said, I'm just going to bake my little cake for me and my son and die. She said, she even, she prepared it for somebody else. She prepared the cake and gave a piece, watch this, to the prophet. And because she benefited somebody else, the Bible says that the oil kept flowing. I want oil to keep flowing in my life. And the only reason some people ask me, Listen, I ain't got a lot of money, y'all. I don't have stuff that some of these multimillionaires got and all these different companies. But I've been able to bless so many people in my life. God keeps giving me resource after resource where I can give stuff away. Some folk even tell me, you ain't have to do that. I know I didn't have to do it. But I wanted to make sure that somebody else was blessed as it was, listen, I know uh, Steve don't mind me saying this. Steve took his time out of the day to help me get this back room together, okay? He sold his time. Okay, I could have said, oh, I'm going to sold my time too. I'm going to go and go out to lunch with him. But I sold some money into his life because his intent was to bless somebody else. There's future generations that will be blessed because of the time that he sold. And watch this. There will always be oil in your life when you can make sure you sow with the intent to bless somebody else. Ooh, I thank God for the oil. So here's the questions we got to ask ourselves as we begin with our seeds. Who is our seed benefiting? Who will be blessed as a result of my seed being blessed? If the answers of these questions end with self, then God will determine that that will be the end of your seed. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I, can't, if I can't conjure up in my mind that somebody else is going to benefit from this, God said that's going to be the end of your seed. Don't let it end with self. Oh, somebody, yeah, somebody need to take that down. I don't even know if I wrote that on there. That'll be the end of your seed. If the answer to this question is in with self. Notice this. I need us to go, go to the next um, slide for me. Consider the seed sown by Ananias and Sapphire in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Notice what the Bible says. Now a man named Ananias together with his wife. Oh, Lord, my wife better make sure we keep God at the forefront. Also, watch this. It says sold a piece of property. Oh, I bless some folk when I sold our, our home. With his wife full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. Somebody say himself. But he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Y'all know, oh, I'm going to keep this portion for myself and I'm going to still give a little bit to the church. Watch this. But, and Peter said, how is it? Watch, watch what happens when we sow seeds with the intent of benefiting only ourselves. 
Notice what verses 3 and 5 says. Then Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money not at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to just human beings, but to God. Here's the sad tragedy. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. I'm not saying God going to kill you, but he's going to kill your seed. Tell you never, he may not kill me, but he will kill my seed. So, and here, there was nothing wrong with what Ananias and Sapphire did. Somebody say it was nothing wrong. On the outside, it looked good. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to keep a little bit for myself. God, you need, you know I need another house. But here's what God was really saying. You did not inform or get my counsel concerning how to sow this seed. How many of us have done that? I know that a blessing on the way, but off the top, I'm going to make sure I got mine. And God, you can have the rest. This is why Cain's offering was not accepted. Y'all staying with me? Many of us have sown offerings that were not acceptable to God. It's not that it was not a good thing. It just wasn't a God thing. Tell your neighbor it wasn't a God thing. Oh, we needed to be a God thing. So, and notice this. In other words, your seed will always die when you don't give God room for your seed to multiply. And hear this. Many of us have unknowingly sown dead seeds. Seeds with no hope for a harvest. What a sad tragedy. Every seed for only you to come out. Woo. Every seed for only you to prosper. And every seed for only you to be blessed are dead seeds. Y'all ever heard preachers say, sow this seed so for you, and you're going to come out? Only for you to come out. Only for you to be blessed. Oh, somebody say, that's a dead seed. Some of us waiting on offerings from revivals from 15 years ago. Somebody say, stop, stop, stop hoping on it. It's dead. Stop sowing dead seeds because the beginning desire for your seed will determine if it's a dead seed. And this is why the beginning of our seed must be for our intent for that seed to multiply. Somebody say, to benefit and bless someone else. So here's what I said. If it all begins with a seed, y'all, I've got to make sure who's the master of my seed. I've got to make sure that my seed multiplies. Tell your neighbor, don't eat your seed. And then watch this. Let's look at the last portion of, your te- of our text and I'm going to be out your way. The Bible says, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. When God gives us seeds, it is his will that those seeds, watch this, give him glory. Whenever God puts something in our hand and it comes from him, his whole purpose behind it is so that ultimately it gives him glory. Y'all, y'all staying with me? So, so notice this. Uh, in other words, what we reap from those seeds should always be a reflection of him. This is why our foundational text says the seeds we sow should increase, watch this, the fruits of your righteousness. So that, that, that means not only does your seed help someone else, but watch this. It's important to know if your seed will ultimately help him. Does your seed help God? Yeah, y'all heard what I just said? So, so what is Pastor Keith trying to say? We've got to ask ourselves, do the words that we sow help God? Reflect him and give him glory. Somebody say, check your words. Does, does, do the deeds we sow help God reflect him and give him glory? And does the money we sow help God reflect him and give him glory? And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because God is concerned about the manifestation of your seed. Huh, so my third point is, is what, when it begins with a seed, I've got to be concerned about the manifestation of my seed. He wants what you sow and what you reap Watch this, to manifest his glory. Notice what um, the King James Version of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says. The Bible says, therefore, what, um, therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And somebody says, that includes my seed. It must manifest the glory of God. 
So the critical question we must ask ourselves is how do we know if we're sowing, what we're sowing will manifest the glory of God? That's the critical question. If God is saying, my whole intent is that this seed give me glory, then I need to be asking myself, how do I know if what I'm sowing will manifest the glory of God? Somebody say, how do I know? Notice what our foundational text says. The last word in in our foundational text says righteousness. So in other words, is what we're sowing righteous? Is what we're sowing from our mouth Somebody say, is it righteous? Are the motives we sowing righteous? Is even what we are sowing our money into righteous? Because despite what you believe, watch this, you can sow money into a church and that sowing still not be righteous. Did y'all hear what I just said? Before you sow into another church, you need to know, does it reflect the purpose, the plans, and the person of God? If not, don't sow it because it's not righteous. Anytime I sow, I need to make sure, is this aligned with the purpose, the plan, and the person of God? Many of us sowing stuff in vain, and God is not getting glory out of what we're sowing. If y'all got people who go to other churches, tell them don't sow another seed in their church if it's not righteous. And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because righteousness can only produce righteousness. Here's a word of wisdom. Stop saying that um, what they do with the money is their business. Somebody say that's demonic. You discern before you let another church do what they do with your money. I've heard so many people say, I don't care. I'm sowing it with the right heart, with the right intentions. But the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Your behind need to discern before you sow into another church. Because I don't want my seed to be dead. Somebody say discern before it's dead. Remind this, watch this. Genesis 1.11 reminds us with this. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed in itself on the earth, and it was so. In other words, seeds will only produce of its own kind. Therefore, the beginning of a seed will determine if righteousness is birth. If the manifestation of that seed will give glory to God. And this is why we must ensure that our seed begins with righteousness so that the harvest of that seed will produce a reflection of God. Stop making churches rich and demand churches to be more righteous. We've made churches rich and gave them allowances of not being righteous. Because we never took the time to say Is this church, what they're doing with my money, is it the plan of God? Is it the purpose of God? And does it reflect, watch this, the person of God? Listen, I I pray that the Lord keep me this humble. But I, I don't want, even as the church expands and grows, I've seen people buy their whole pastor's $100,000 cars. Is that car reflective of the person the purpose and the plans of God. Somebody say the devil is a lie. I need to make sure that even if they say they want to give it into my life, hey, did God speak that? Are y'all just trying to do that because y'all love y'all pastor? Somebody say that's crazy. See, nobody don't want to say that. Nobody don't want to say that. We're making pastors rich and less righteous. And we wonder why they started off so well. Because we moved away from the plans, the purpose, and the person of God. And y'all will do me damage if y'all sow into my life because y'all love the pastor. When you get committees together, you got to be asking, is this the purpose of God? Is this the plan of God? You, you, you holding banquets and folk that love their pastor can't afford to go. Somebody say the devil is a lie. But we love our pastor. And then we wonder why they started a certain way. Because we were sowing at first in righteousness. All of what we were doing in the beginning was a reflection of God and his glory. Somebody say, we got to be careful. Y'all don't love me that much that you make me rich and make me less righteous. So hear this. Where we are today began with a seed. 
So therefore, we, if we desire to be in our future, it begins with a seed as well. It all begins with a seed. Creation began with a seed. Our redemption began with a seed. And the fulfillment of God's plan for our life begins with a seed. Because whatsoever a man soweth, it matters. Therefore, we must give great contemplation. Don't just sow. This is why the Bible says, don't, don't give grudgingly. Don't give under compulsion. God wants us to be a cheerful giver. One that makes sure we get a level of contemplation and care to the beginning of our seeds. And watch this, is this is why our seeds begins with who is the master of our seeds. God and God alone. You got pastors telling you to do with your money. And have they in, in consulted God concerning that? Our seeds begin with an intent to multiply our seeds, to benefit and bless somebody else. And our seeds begin with the thought to the manifestation of our seeds, that they are sown in righteousness and reflect him. I want to say something really quick, because y'all going to hear this in the next few weeks or so. We're going to put this out there. You, you, you know. Sometimes churches go on building campaigns and they say they want to build a church and then they say all of this stuff. Oh, we want to have an after school program. Oh, we want to have daycare. Oh, we want to feed the homeless. And they took all your money, bought that church and they ain't still feeding not one body. Not one body. All right, because they never, they really never had any intent to bless nobody else. Because watch this. You don't need no building to feed nobody. This is why we're doing what we're doing now. So God can see that God, when you give us the building, will expand the giving. And we gave to churches and folk that were not giving in the first place. And then we believe a dream because we got all the nice little, we got the nice nice little schematics. We got the nice little design of what it's going to look like. Oh, I can't wait till we have a home for single moms. And you ain't never helped no single mom since the existence of your church. We've got to stop being so naive and start listening to God. Tell your neighbor, listen to God. And notice this, I believe these are critical because what happens at the infancy of your seed, watch this, will determine the impact of your seed. Whatever happens at the infancy stages of your seed will determine the impact. What I pour into my babies now is going to determine the impact they have in the future. It's no different with our seeds. What you do now will determine what happens in the future. And here's what I'm trying to say. I believe it's on our screen. Notice Deuteronomy 5 verse 9. The Bible says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Watch this. The father sowed in carnality, yet it was the children that reaped in, in the consequences. In other words, the beginning of the seed will determine the magnitude of the seed. Listen, y'all, I love my daddy, but it was some stuff that he did that I'm not reaping the consequences of. That that, that means some stuff that I did, some folk that ain't have no, it it wasn't, it it was not their fault, but because of what I sold, it has so far reaching implications on somebody else. Somebody say that's, that's a heavy burden. So I've got to be so careful. We've got to be so careful about what we sow now. Because we do not know how far it's going to reach. Somebody say later. It determines the magnitude of our seed. It will determine if our harvest will help or hurt somebody else. My prayer is, Lord, help us to understand that it begins with the seed. Our prayer should be, Lord, cause your seed to help somebody else. I've made some decisions, God. I've sowed some seeds and I don't want it to damage somebody else. Let us stand to our feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you give seed to the sower. God, we want to be like the widow woman where the oil kept flowing. But God, we know that it begins with our seed. God, we know, God, if you've given us the seed, God, you need to govern our seed. God, let us not be so impulsive, so compulsive. God, let us not be one that gives so grudgingly just because they family, we feel like we should sow into them. God, stop us in our tracks and cause us to know who's the master of our seeds. 
Listen, I'm going to help somebody this morning. Stop wasting your time on people that God ain't tell you to help. You're wasting your seed. You just running around for them, helping them, and they have no intense, watch this, of reflecting the righteousness of God. Somebody say, stop it. God, you're the master of our seed. God, tell us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Instruct us, God. Give us great peace. It may not feel good when we sow, but God, if we do it with your instructions, God, we know it'll be blessed. You're the master of our seed. And God, we thank you, God. Not only are you the master of our seed, God, but you want to multiply our seed. God, we will only sow when we have intentions to benefit and bless somebody else. God, we want people to be blessed because of our seed. God, we want people to be helped because of our seed. So God, help us, God, to have that mindset where we won't eat our seeds. God, because we don't want them to be dead seeds. No hope for harvest, but multiply our seeds. 30, 60, and 100-fold, God, we pray. Not for ourselves, but for somebody else. And God, I pray, God, for the manifestation of our seed. Does it reflect righteousness? I know it's the church, God, but that church ain't righteous. Their plans ain't righteous. Their purpose ain't righteous. I can't even see the person of God in that. God, we won't sow it. We need your glory to fill this place. We need your glory to fill this place. And God, the only way your glory will fill this place, if we sow with the intent that your name might be glorified because of our seed. And God, we thank you, God, for every father that does not want to be in their ch children's life. I pray you convict them. For every mother that has given up on their child, I pray you convict them. God, for everyone who's running away from responsibilities and the seeds, God, that you've called them to sow, I pray you convict them. For God, we don't understand, God, that it may be our carnality, but somebody's going to reap the consequences. Help us, God, we pray. Help us, God, we pray. Whatsoever a man soweth, God, we want you to be blessed. We want our seed to be blessed. And God, we want those that benefit from our seed to be blessed as well. And everybody who believe God, say amen. Amen and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Listen, at this time, I'm going to ask um, Pastor Cole to come up and take us further in the service. Hey, I love y'all. Keep praying um, for Sharon. He's affectionately known as Moon, but his name is Sharon C. Wright Jr. So keep praying for him. Like I said, I believe we're, we're struggling with the situation. Um, we need God to help our unbelief, but we believe God to do the impossible. Amen. Amen. If you received anything from this sermon today, give God another hand clap of praise.